0: This is a continuation of the story. This is the second part of John's description of that morning. Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This is now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. The second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. And after this, he said to him, follow me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I discovered that farewells are not easy. You may be aware that I announced a couple of months ago that my wife and I were looking at transitioning to another location, to be closer to some of our kids. And in fact, we have. We have bought a home in Santa Barbara, and we're going to be celebrating that ministry later. This is not my last sermon, but it's close to it. This is my second to last sermon with you. So I'm aware of that importance of Final words. And Jesus had some unfinished business with his disciples and with Simon Peter in particular. And so he met them where they had gone, fishing, back to the vocation, disappointed, disillusioned perhaps. You may recall, to get some history behind this, that the Roman execution of Jesus on a cross had taken place. The women were the first to find him, Mary, telling Peter, it was an empty tomb, all right. Disciples, some depressed, some stayed, some left after Passover, dispersed. Rumors were that someone had stole the body. There were two appearances, there was some confusion about it. There's a vision. Is this really Jesus or this hallucination? Then there was a story on the road to Emmaus when Jesus joined two who were talking about the events and appeared to them. Then they were in the upper room when he came through the door. On this occasion, he met some at the Sea of Galilee. It was a favorite place. Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, son of Zebedee, and two more. Jesus was simply fixing breakfast. I like breakfast meetings. Besides, I like breakfast. It was a quiet time, an easy time to talk, and they had gone back to their vocation where they had made a living before Jesus came on the scene. You may recall from the Gospel of Luke that they were at the lake on another occasion, and Jesus talked with them, and they fished all night. Jesus told them, cast it to the other side, and they said, okay, you know. That was when Peter fell on his knees and said, Go Lord, leave me, the sinner that I am. And Jesus said to him, Don't be afraid, I will make you fishers of men. Peter is described as a magnificent. He could swim the farthest, climb the highest mountain. He gave the orders. He was the first to speak, and he was usually the first to act. Impulsive. Tempestuous impetuous, talented, enthusiastic, had expectations, and he had her exercising those. Likewise, there's a side of Peter that I think is humble. In spite of his many gifts and talents, and besides his bravado, and there's a sensitivity about him, he knew his heart. and He knew what he was about. And he knew that he could fail. But it wasn't very acceptable. Mary called him the Last Supper. Jesus tells him he'll deny him three times. And Peter's one says, you know, not me. I'm loyal. And it was Peter who took the year off of the Roman. And Jesus had to fix that. But it was also Peter who during that evening was asked by a young servant girl, aren't you one of his? He's absolutely not. She came back and said, wait a minute, I've I've seen you with Jesus before, this man. Sure you're not one of them? Absolutely not. I'm not one of them. Don't bug me. And the third time, maybe she came with something like this. I remember that scar on your face. You're it. You are one of the disciples. He said, absolutely not. And then he wept. He wasn't what he wanted to be. Peter's in a crisis. Something died in Peter on that cross. His cocksure confidence, his brash bravado. Jesus once said, on this rock I will build my church. And frankly, he looks more like sand than rock. Forgiveness was something that Peter was willing to accept easily. You may remember when he asked the question, how many times do I have to forgive? And Jesus said seven times, 70? That was hard for Peter. But here we are at the lake. This brings us to the lake with this particular morning. He had heard and saw the tomb was empty. Reports had been that they had seen Jesus with others. But Peter wanted none of those visions or hallucinations. So he went out and he said, let's go fishing, back to the old life. Back to the former occupation. Disillusioned, hurt, depressed, perhaps even angry. He was disappointed in himself as well. Sometimes people come back to church or leave church because they're hurting or they have a loss those times, we often go back to the past, back home, maybe back to church or away from church, back to old jobs, schools, friends, trying to find an anchor point. Jesus went looking for Peter to have a meal. It was a good thing to do. They'd been fishing all night and found nothing that sounded familiar. He said, throw the nets on the other side and They did, and they were successful, to have breakfast, to have a meal, to have a time of compassion. Visions and hallucinations don't fix breakfast. It was interesting as they came together, you can almost see the elephant in the room. You've had those experiences. Everybody knew it. Nobody talked about it. Then Jesus spoke to Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said it more than once. And he said, do you love me more than these, perhaps the fish? He said, yes, you know I do. Feed my lambs. And again he asked him, do you love me? And yes, you know I love you. And tend my sheep. And do you love me? Will you be my friend, hurt, hurt, You know everything, I will be your friend. Feed my sheep. Isn't it interesting that Jesus presses the three points about the servant girl, and he asks Peter three times to affirm his care and his ministry. The problem with Peter wasn't that forgiveness wasn't for someone. It was hard for him To accept forgiveness. And Jesus pushes him. And he pushes him not to rub it in his face. But to help him deal with his failure. So he can learn from it. And find his mission. One of my observations is if you're waiting to clean up your life before you're going to be a successful Christian, good luck. Peter would never have made it. Fishing is all he would have ever done. It's not always easy to be a Christian and to do the right things and to follow Jesus. He tells Peter how he's going to die. I don't know that that was so important. We all die. We all die of something. Peter wasn't looking for something to die for. Peter was looking for purpose and something to live for. Jesus had been calling people from all kinds of places to do some kinds of things. Some of you have failed. Some of you are disappointed in others. Some are called to very visible ministries and sometimes sacrificial ministries, but most of us are called right where we live. We're not going to Africa, except on a mission trip perhaps. We're not going to major change of vocation, probably not. But we're called to work where we are and failure is not the reason to stop. He said, I never I will leave, never leave you as you are. The disciples had to make some changes in their lives and their attitudes and their beliefs, and we see that in the Gospel in the Acts possible. I noticed many years ago reading on management development fellow by Warren Bennis, USC, and he made a quite convincing case that there hasn't been a major leader in the world did not have failures. It's not about the failure. It's about what we learn from it. The danger is not dealing with it and not learning. Jesus puts it right in Peter's face for him to learn and to know that failure is not faith. We come together, we pray, we talk, we share. We even have breakfast occasionally. We're all on a journey. Each of us have a journey to go, and a journey of loving others. It's a journey of discovery, to be together, to study, sharing, listening, talking. There's a line in a movie one time I liked says, you talk, I'll listen. It's a reminder that failure isn't fatal. And remember, I will be with you always. These are Jesus' words, his final words, his final business. For that I simply say thanks be to God. Amen.